In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play. Today we're watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, a new show that just finished its first season on The CW. It's an hour-long musical comedy that follows the story of Rebecca Bunch, a high-achieving Manhattan lawyer who drops everything and moves across the country on a whim, and she insists not for a guy. It's been picked up for a second season and gotten lots of critical acclaim, and it even won a Golden Globe this year, where uh, I guess the actress who plays Rebecca Bunch gave this amazing speech. So good. Uh, But I have not seen it yet. I absolutely freaked out when it won the Golden Globe, as you are probably aware, since you follow me on various forms of social media. I think we were also texting or Facebook messaging or something at the we, time. We you usually were, are during War With Shows, yeah. Because <laughs> you were talking about how great the show was, and I was saying I had never heard of it until it won the award, which I guess is what the Golden Globes were trying to do. I mean, they did that I'm, a couple times this year with, like, Mozart in the Jungle and a couple other things that people had never heard of. I am so, so glad that it won, because, like, yeah, it wasn't getting very, like, high ratings or anything, and, like, critics liked it, but... Yeah, no, I'm so glad it won. It's so just delightful. Yeah. Well, we will see uh, how I feel about that. As as we know, uh, I have not been completely anti-musical in the past. There were certainly parts of Moulin Rouge that I enjoyed. And, you know, there are uh, at least one or two musicals of uh, that I like that are on our list. It's a so, musical you know. episode of Buffy. Right, the musical episode Buffy, I like that. Uh, so, you know, I am coming into this with an open mind. Uh, but we'll uh, see see what I think about it after the break. guys eric and i are off watching crazy ex-girlfriend we are going Which sounds to... really weird watching my crazy ex-girlfriend i don't know i don't know about that <laughs> just wait okay you'll see all right. all right um the uh but we're gonna watch the first three episodes of the show so season one which is all the seasons there are episodes one two and three and yeah, so unfortunately, um, Hulu only has the most recent five episodes. Uh, so you're really missing out if you only watch the last five episodes of the season. However, uh, you can watch them on Amazon. You can buy individual episodes or the whole season. Um, and you can also get them, I understand, Eric, on iTunes. That's what I'm doing. Yep. All right. So you and can you find can it get in- the at the time of this recording. I don't know if this will still be true. You know, in the future when this airs, but at the time of this recording, you can get the first four episodes for free on iTunes. The trade off there being that because it's iTunes, you have to actually download them. You can't stream them like Amazon. But whatever technology, that's their problem to figure out, not mine. In any case, whatever technology you use to watch it, uh, definitely watch the first three episodes because surprisingly, we're going to spoil everything that happens. Let's so. do it. Enjoy. And we're back. We just watched the first three episodes of season one of My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Or is it just Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I guess it's just, the name it's of the just show. Cra- it's just Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. 
Yeah, my my would make it seem like the start of the show is Josh. Um, anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about what I thought of this show. But before we do, Emily, why do you love this show so much? Well, and that issue about the my actually kind of gets at part of it because the whole concept of cra- of of the crazy ex girlfriend is sort of I feel like comes from the male perspective so much. Totally. Yeah. And um and that's I mean that's one of the things that I love about this show. Well, I guess the thing in general overall that I love about the show is... Yeah, we can get into the title. I I, I now understand why you were saying the title was a problem beforehand. The title... Well, the title is only a problem insofar as a lot of people, myself included, heard that there was a new show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and were like, oh, Lord, this tired, dead stereotype again. That's the last thing we need. But the show... And this is why I love the show so much. the, The big overarching reason why I love it so much is... Its whole deal is is subverting and picking apart that stuff. From the it's a int- very trope aware sort of show, yeah. Super trope aware, and and its whole thing is picking apart stuff like the tired notion of the crazy ex girl, tired, overused, reductive, sexist notion of the crazy ex girlfriend, and also more broadly speaking, just that whole that whole the way the word crazy gets bandied about and what we mean when we say that. And, you know, the fact that everybody has a little crazy in them and, and like what even is crazy and all all of those kinds of things. And like, that's, that's what it does constantly. It's just constantly. I mean, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a good, well done show where you like connect to the characters and you're interested in the story and the musical numbers are fun, but also the musical numbers and the story and the characters are just, they're constantly about, subverting tropes and picking apart assumptions and and poking poking at the stuff that we I don't know poking at stuff that's just you know problematic and needs to be poked at a little bit I so that's that's my my overarching thing about the show and Uh, well I hate to say this but I think it's going to be one of those episodes oh um and by one of those episodes, I mean one of the ones where we both talk about how much we love the show. Because oh my god, I love this show. Oh so much. yes. Oh, I was. <laughs> see, see how I subverted your expectations there. Really solid, solid meta commentary. Good job. I support Thank you. this. Uh, yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes where we both yes. talk about how much we love something. Since 30 Rock ended, there's been a 30 Rock-shaped hole in my heart, and Kimmy Schmidt has replaced it to some degree, but I, I am really looking forward to watching the rest of this show. I was totally into this from the first episode. Oh, and my goodness. <laughs> I am I am someone who sometimes takes a few episodes to be won over, so... Uh, very big bravo to the show for completely breaking down all of my my cold-hearted uh barriers because uh i'm i'm so into watching the rest of this so Um, as our regular listeners excuse me i just have to interrupt you for a second eric as our regular listeners know eric and i record this over video chat and um normally he can see me and i can see him when we're (laughs) reacting to what each other is saying when the the one day the one day when your camera breaks today my webcam is not working and i so i'm sitting here i can see eric but he can't see me so he can't see the extent to which i was just freaking out for his (laughs) entire everything that he just said i am so excited that you like this show so We'll get into the specifics, but my first question is, since you said you liked it from episode one, um, what was your what was your point where you went from like, all right, okay, I see you oh, show okay. to like the, the turning to, point to of like, like I love oh this show. Oh my god, this show. Oh my god, this show. 
Um, it was when um, Rebecca Bunch, the main character, she's in the like sports bar slash little league birthday place uh, in West Covina, and uh, she's talking to I didn't catch his name, the bartender uh, who she winds up going out with, Greg. With Greg, she's talking to Greg, and Greg saying, "Oh, you know, you're pretty and you're smart, and you're ignoring me, so you're obviously my type." I'm sorry. What were you saying? Perfect. Yep. <laughs> that 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 little whispered perfect. I was like. Okay, this show is going to be more than just um, what I was expecting going in. And really for the first, like, at least 20 minutes of the first episode was, you know, maybe this was influenced a little bit by the title, but I was expecting she's going to be crazy and silly and whatever. She's going to be the funny character and everyone else is going to be like the straight man sort of around her. That it was just going to be her doing all the singing, her doing all of, like, the craziness and, you know, fish out of water type thing. But West Covina is an ocean entirely populated by weird fish. Like, everyone is crazy. And that's everyone the is thing. Crazy. Everyone and, is crazy. And, and it's so, true in real life. Like, everyone's kind of crazy. And, and that's the thing. And so, like, there's all these really well-sketched out characters and, um... Just with the exception of Mrs. Hernandez, who is, I think, a, a delightful enigma. Um, <laughs> she continues to be a delightful enigma. I hope so, yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, the, this is a show with these great characters. This, this hits all of the, the, the things I love about a good sitcom, because you have these really, like, full fleshed out characters and it's okay that they're a bit cartoony because they're so well developed and it feels real within this universe and you have you know really smart writing all the way throughout everyone gets funny lines to say it's not just one catchphrase character or whatever carrying the the jokes um so yeah i'm uh, i'm super into this and uh, i'm looking forward to uh geeking out over at uh, yes. geeking out about it uh, over this podcast. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, so to answer my own question uh, about my experience watching the first episode, I mean, I think I got into it from the beginning. I'm not sure I knew it was a musical going in. Um, and so I was very excited when the first musical number happened. And obviously... That... And we should talk about that. Because, so the... like, I actually... I think the the fact that that comes about so late and the music is so sporadic is part of the appeal in some way. And maybe something that... Uh, to someone like me who maybe is not a huge fan of most musicals, if you describe this as a musical show, I think you're kind of underselling it. Like, yeah, it's not. Well, it's not like Glee where there's a where there's yes. at least six songs an episode. Like, which no, I, I don't like Glee. I've tried watching Glee and I was not able to enjoy it. There's well, Glee is. Mm, I love the first season, but anyway, um, there's there's they usually average only about two songs an episode. Sometimes, mm -hmm. as in the first episode, there will be a reprise, like there was at the end. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's they, they. Yeah, they don't overdo it on the music, and the musical numbers they do are so good. Um, Quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is, you know, I think the first song was where I started to get excited because I was like, mm -hmm. oh wait, oh my god, this is a musical. And the first one they did, I think they they made a very good choice in making the first song like a classic big opening show stopping musical number that of course mm -hmm. is like subverting all kinds of stuff about big opening musical numbers and g of getting course. us getting us entrenched in her extremely intense denial about why she's in West Covina. But I think the point where I fully, fully lost it over this show is the sexy getting ready song. It's the sexy getting ready song. The sexy getting ready song. Ribbing and plucking, brushing and rubbing, the sexy getting ready song. Which, which is also grabbing. 
something that I uh, wrote down in my notes as I was watching this is I really liked how they are going to all these different types of songs, all these oh, different and they keep like, doing varieties. That. Yeah, you know, um, they're they're not just they're not just setting up a specific you know Broadway like specific type of Broadway show or anything like that. I mean, obviously, like you said, like the the big you know um, the big intro song is is one thing. But then, like you know, then they're they're satirizing pop music. They're satirizing, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, in just in just the ep- the three episodes that we watched, we've got let's see, we've got um, you know, big like Broadway opening number kind of mm-hmm. you know showstopper. We've got like Pussycat Dolls style like sexy women's music video. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, like Bollywood. Yeah, um, sung by someone who the character I think is supposed to be Hispanic. Yeah, that so, one's not great. That one's yeah. not necessarily <laughs> the best choice. I get why because of the yoga. Yeah, no, that's that was a kind of. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't, uh. And then, I mean, I guess Kimmy Schmidt did that too with, with Titus and Yellowface, but we don't need to go into that. Eh, yeah, let's just not get into all of that. Um, yeah. and also like the boy band. Oh, and and you like you know sort of soulful ballad Paula's song Mm -hmm. about about facing your fears and yeah then the boy band thing which like I'm not sure how well how much you might may or may not appreciate the extent to which that boy band song and video is I have an older sister who was in my group in the 90s I I appreciate that okay okay but Uh, but you skipped over you skipped over actually my favorite uh, parody which was the Katy Perry parody I wanna kill you and wear your skin like a dress but then also have you see like omg you look so cute in my skin oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, which which a was a good callback to the the joke earlier about Katy perry and uh taylor swift uh but b was that that was actually my favorite song out of the out of like the six ish that we uh, heard in these three episodes i thought that was um so hilariously dark and twisted uh, which is oh my yeah style. so so fun so 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 fun and um yeah, no, and again, they they continue to they continue to do that. I mean, they 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 do go back to the musical theater well several times with like different song sure, types from fun, z- yeah. different types of musicals. But, but it's they not also always. right. It's not always. It's not every song. I mean, they also do like uh, they do like a number from like a Fred Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movie like style number. Like nice. ah, they do yeah, and they do a rap, there's a rap battle in an episode. <laughs> yep. Which nice. also, I mean, Sexy Getting Ready song, again, I'm just going to return to Sexy Getting Ready song, which was sort of where I started mm-hmm. this tangent, um, which is, I, it's so funny and so perfect and I love it to pieces and like I, every, every time I've seen it, I'm like already completely dying over everything that's happening and all of that stuff that you never get to see <laughs> and then the rap part happens. Yes, the, the guy comes in and he like gives up partway through his first line because it's like, God, what? This is how you get ready? This is some, this is horrifying, like a scary movie or something, like some nasty ass patriarchal bullshit. You know what? I gotta go apologize to some bitches. And then that's <laughs> the end of the episode. Which, which that was also, I think the other thing that uh, really sold me is when I realized the show was gonna have sort of, um, really funny callbacks to itself uh like in him the final the, scenes in the final scene so you have you have the bitches to apologize to list and you have vampire weekend which i was dying <laughs> at vampire weekend right. i would the, the show does the, does the thing where like it'll 
it'll and 30 rock this is why i was saying 30 rock earlier where it'll drop a line that's like weird and it's just like seems like a throwaway joke but it's weird enough that it sticks in your brains and it sticks in your way enough so that when it calls back to that joke right. then it then feels over, amazing then over the closing credits you get werewolf bar mitzvah spooky exactly. scary yes yep. exactly and this was that oh my god the like chelsea I'm sorry I put you in a bikini made of gold coins and then made you dance on the roof of my belly. I realize now that metal conducts heat and now it's probably a very uncomfortable experience. Anyway, Denise, hit me up whenever you get this. I'd love to discuss the second sex by Simone de Beauvoir, which I just read. You are beautiful inside as well as out. You are my equal. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good, yeah. I um know. But yeah, but that's the thing. So, like, what I was saying earlier, like, if you were to say this is a musical comedy, that would be true. But I feel like the writing. Okay, so here, here's the thing. This kind of gets at something that I sometimes have a, have an issue with with certain musicals. Obviously, not all of them, but some of them is that you know the songs may be really good, but then like the songs are really telling the story, and so. Um, you know, and it, but then if the the acting or or I guess like the dialogue in between the songs could sometimes be really weak. It's just a like connective tissue, you know, just to get yeah. from one song to the next. That's something that that often bothers me in in certain musicals that I've seen, um, including some ones that like you know even some like really good like Disney musicals and stuff. There's sometimes like a lot of filler where it's just like, come on, get to the next song. Um, and in in this show, the the writing is so strong. I mean, it's not just these these good songs that they're like this is a really really cleverly written show so like yeah. um there are a instance, whole bunch of little lines in it yeah so, so like for instance when um they're uh let's see so um oh well here's a, a thing this is another very 30 rockish thing is when um when Rebecca is uh, trying to get Josh over at her house, and she says, "Oh yeah, today's weekend Tuesday," you know, this is just like <laughs> this this thing that happens. It's really weird. And then we work every other every Saturday once a, one Saturday a quarter, or whatever. And then cut to twenty minutes later, <laughs> and weekend Tuesday is a hundred percent real. I know. I I I completely lost it at that point. I, I actually was like, forgot that Weekend Tuesday was real until I watched the episode again, and so I re-died <laughs> over it the second time. Like, so yeah, um, this is your this is only your second time watching these episodes. Yes, it is. I just watched them through when they when they first happened, and yeah. yeah. Um, no, I love that Weekend Tuesday is real. There's so many, as you said, there's so many lines and and bits of writing that are good, like like little tiny little itty bitty things, like when they run into her in the store. Um, Valencia, the girlfriend, calls mm-hmm. her a homeless. Right, right. Which is just like, it's so tiny. It's literally, it's one letter. She could have just said, like, a homeless person. But it's like, of course, Valencia is, we'll call her is the homeless. person who would say, why is he talking to a homeless? Like, right. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so, so perfect. And yeah. there's, yeah, there's tons of little things, little tiny things like that. Like, there's another point where uh, Valencia is all frustrated and she goes, oh, friends with women why does everyone want to have sex with me it's just like it's good um and they also have uh i I was expecting um there's the point where well first let's talk about paula because um that was one thing i was actually kind of uh, a little bit uh feeling like oh no about when they introduced paula at the start and she's like saying like why is she here she's clearly jealous and then obviously rebecca like you know like 
thinks that she's her assistant or whatever so clearly right. not off to a good start and so i was thinking like oh no we're setting up this very much like kind of kind of like angela from the office like you know jealous antagonist. less attractive co-worker antagonist wick woman yeah you know and and that she's like gonna expose this whole thing and i was feeling like okay i've seen this before so um that's something that i thought was really strong about the show and um is that the plot actually moves. Like, by the end of the first episode, Paula has gone from antagonist to, like, closest ally. And then by the end of the second episode, you know, her big secret about, uh, be, you know, having been with Josh is already out there. Like, they actually take advantage of the hour format to just, like, move stuff forward. And, and yeah. Um, and so that I will great, say, great there. there's, there's some wheel spinning that happens later on. You know, the plot doesn't continue to move at this pace throughout the whole season. But I love that too, the the, the turnaround with Paula. And like, that's again, that again gets it. What I love so much about this show is we've totally been taught to expect through many of the same mechanisms that Rebecca gets all mad about in the Mm -hmm. next episode that women compete with each other and that the Paula character is going to be some sort of antagonist. And like, no, they set her up as this antagonist and then she turns around and she, she like, she dives right into it and doubles down on the, the, I hate to use the word, but crazy. (laughs) Oh, she's such an enabler. It's, it's the best. (laughs) And you get, we get a little more at like why and how that is, but Ah, yeah, no, the fact that they, the fact that they, um, decide to do away with the idea that this coworker is going to be her competitor or her foil or anything like that. And like, she goes from this like suspicious person somewhat plotting against her and turns into like her closest ally and best friend is like, yes, thank you for doing something that no other show would do. Yep. Good choices. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, uh, sort of self-aware trope aware sort of shows um we were talking earlier about the uh the, the buffy musical episode and yes. um as much as i love that episode it is 100 percent true that not everyone in that show was equally gifted with musical ability <laughs> um so sarah michelle geller kind of auto-tuned to hell and uh allison hannigan conspicuously um has exactly like two lines in the entire episode you know there's yeah there's, there's kind of lopsided um do you know like did they specifically kind of cast this like like a broadway musical like actually looking making sure that everyone could sing i genuinely don't know because it, it seems that way is why i ask I but mean, yeah no like, it does seem know. like every everybody does have chops and i mean some people are are like a little better than others but i mean sure. yeah i probably I, I assume they took it into account because yeah it's it is an important element of the show yeah i guess if they, they know they're going to commit to music for musical style for, for the whole thing then yeah maybe it's easier to to cast that way uh well and i like i don't know if you have you have other things on your list but i am just gonna talk about more things i love about the show Go for um it. just and of course because it's me i'm gonna i'm gonna toot my feminist horn for a moment <laughs> obviously there are so many things that are so many things that are so right about this show like from that perspective from the fact that they you know immediately the title itself is about subverting the whole concept the whole problematic concept of the crazy ex-girlfriend the way that paula becomes her friend instead of her her enemy but there's also just like little things that i appreciate so much sexy getting ready song is one of them Mm -hmm. um for for many of those reasons but also like in the second episode i can't think of a single tv show that has ever committed so hard to realistically what you look like when you actually are wearing no makeup and no bra and <laughs> hanging around your house. We, like, 
I mean, even, and I love 30 Rock, and I love Tina Fey, and I love Liz Lemon, but even Liz Lemon, who is presented to us as, like, the, you know, she eats she's all this. She's supposed to be unattractive, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and she eats, or at least she's, un, she's not confident, but she eats all this gross food, and she has all these gross habits, like, when she's lying there on her couch in her Snuggie singing her, her Working on My Night Cheese song, like... <laughs> Her hair is still pretty done, and she's got her glasses on, and ultimately, like she looks, she still looks pretty cute. I mean, it's she's wearing a snuggie and eating cheese like on her stomach, but still, like, yeah. but no, like she like this she and by extension this show like legitimately committed to like nope, this is actually like <laughs> this is actually what we look like with no makeup on and really not aggressively not caring like and, like, like a no homeless. One, Right. And no one ever does that. I mean, like, the whole universe in the world of, like, no makeup selfies. One, and some people do take no makeup selfies where they're genuinely not making, wearing makeup. But, like, mm-hmm. people share pictures, like, on social media about, like, look at what this actress looks like without makeup. And it's like, she is clearly wearing eyeliner and mascara <laughs> in that picture. Like, what is the matter with you? How do you, and her hair has been brushed. Like, how do you think that that's what people look like when they wake up? Like, it's not. They're humans, I, so I just I and and the show continue, just just to check in to, does to, stuff uh, like that. Ch- checking in as as the uh, as as the male half of this podcast duo, I have absolutely done that where I've like believed when someone said like, "Oh yeah, she's wearing no makeup," and then a, a female friend has pointed out like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, of course she is. <laughs> so, uh, yes, guilty as charged. Um. Anyway, I don't want to go on and on about this, but and and so I mean that's just one little moment to focus focus on, but like. They they consistently they consistently do that over and over again in ways that feel like just really refreshing to see on TV. And it's not just about women either. Like, um, and they there are eight million think pieces about this, and it becomes mm. more of a thing later on in the season as well. But like, just the simple fact that the uh the you know guy that is like the obsession of the whole show is Asian. He's Filipino. Like, mm-hmm. that never happens. That doesn't happen. It's not mm. a thing. So Also rare. Kimmy Schmidt, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and that's another thing that that's another thing that Kimmy Schmidt, you know, it was yeah. also really exciting and refreshing in Kimmy Schmidt to watch in the first season when she chose the Asian guy she was actually well suited for over the like, you know, more stereotypical white guy. And like but like that doesn't that does spoilers that, for Kimmy Schmidt, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, season one, that was a the whole year ago. I know, I know. Um, but like you know, that doesn't happen very often. Like we don't, yeah. we don't get to see that, and that continues with other stuff later, later in the show as well. Like it's totally. Um, you know, they do, they do a lot of of just like doing a better job at like the world and life than most of TV does. Yep. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think that stuff is like, yeah, it's. Uh, it's, like, super important to have that stuff, and I always feel ill-equipped to actually have an opinion on that, because, like, I'm in the, the category that's most catered to in media. Like, I, yeah. I get, I've, since I've been a kid, I've seen myself in media, so it's always one of those things where I feel like I am have to, like, you know, I understand it, but I also have never experienced the, 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 the bad part of, like, not being able to find myself in media, so I can't really empathize, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... So, but I, if, if like I, I'm supportive, and I'm uh, if, if, if people, you know, if, if people can see themselves in more stuff, then then I am 100 percent supportive of that. Yeah, well, um, and um, and again, that kind of, the show continues to be good at that, and and other aspects of of similar stuff. So it's just I don't know, 
In yeah. general, I just think the show does just such a good job subverting our expectations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's complete fantasy land, but there's also so many nuggets of truth in it, too. Like, the um, whether it's a, a, a much more realistic portrayal of someone hanging out on their couch not caring what they look like, or things like the phenomenon where you meet the girlfriend of the guy you're interested in and Mm. completely in spite I don't know if guys do this but completely in spite of yourself knowing that it's a terrible life choice you way aggressively over friendship them (laughs) that is such a thing I cannot think of an instance where I have um, befriended the uh, boyfriend of a girl I'm interested in to the extent that I'm putting my my foot on his butt. Um, I'll have to think about it and see if that has ever happened. But <laughs> well, and I mean, obviously, she takes it to like an intense extreme. But like those, especially those early scenes where they get all squealy and excited, and then she, when she goes to the yoga class, and she's like, "I can totally help you get your yoga studio set up," like blah, 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 like all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, and it's like involuntary. Like, why are you even? Yeah. Like, why would you even do that? And it's like, yep, nope, that's a thing. Definitely, definitely have done that. <laughs> totally have done that before. Yeah. The only thing, only thing I wrote down that we haven't gotten to is um, kind of the the only only demerit this show earned in these three episodes is uh, in the third episode the fact that Tommy did not have a bandage on him from being stabbed by Brendan um, when when uh, when uh, Paula's son oh. <laughs> calls him and says like, oh, I accidentally stabbed stabbed Tommy, and she says figure it out uh i I was i was i I made a note of the son's names i was like i really hope the son who got stabbed has a bandage and unfortunately he doesn't oh see i didn't even (laughs) didn't even notice that 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 that, this is this is my brain on 30 rock this is just like how i've been trained uh by by that show and by arrested development and uh yeah so now they do looking forward to adding this show to that uh that pantheon they do manage some little visual jokes like that like when valencia says she only eats water and rebecca says she'll buy her some really nice water and she says she likes boxed (laughs) water i don't know if you noticed that then when they're at lunch the boxed water says boxed water is better that's actually a real thing you know it's a thing in california is boxed water is better oh my god are you kidding me no it's it's a real it's an actual fad that's a real brand that's product placement california is that that was product placement emily boxed water is better is an actual thing why California is the worst? I'm sorry, I know you live there, but California is. I awful. agree. Why would you have that? that so I was at. Um, I actually I'm got a chance so, to go to. I'm actually so mad about that. Like so mad. You, you, you got suckered in by product placement as well. I happened. genuinely thought that the show was making a joke about how nope. we're. Di- I mean, I'm sure the show is making a joke about it, but also I'm I'm so mad about that. I, I should have taken a picture. So I actually got a chance to go to. The season uh, three premiere of another show that's on our list that you have not seen, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh-huh. Um, and at that premiere, they had beer and box water because that show has also made fun of the box water fad. It's also been been parodied on that show. That's um, so weird. So anyway. Um, Just one more, not necessarily an expectation subverted exactly, but like yeah. I also love that Josh is like – is like really he seems like he's genuinely a sweet guy mm-hmm. and like i mean maybe his hanging out with someone that his girlfriend doesn't want him to hang out with is a little questionable but um but and potentially becomes more questionable but uh <laughs> but like for instance you know again it's a minor expectation but it feels like another expectation subverted when he shows up at the party and instead of thinking she's super lame for having no one at her party he's completely reasonable about it he's like mm-hmm. 
of course you don't know anybody why would you have a big like why would there be tons of people at your party but if you exactly. if that's what you want let's get some people to your party he's like just genuinely a sweet nice guy like helping out his friend you know he's not like it's not like i don't know how well versed you are in friends okay so Oh boy! Early, earlier, I asked you if you had seen West Side Story, and you said I'm not going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> this is this is okay. ping pong right here. I okay. I, really? I know, but I, I didn't. But I have. I, I know some people <laughs> who seem like they would be really into Friends. That then I have found out that that have repeatedly not gotten Friends references, and I can't remember who all of them are. Okay, so could you be any more wrong right now, Emily? I'm not sure. Okay, so anyway, um, I feel like the powerful example, counterexample slash example of what one would expect in this situation is the storyline with Joshua in Friends, particularly the one where they throw the big, where Rachel throws the big party for the exact same reason, just so she can invite him to a party. And she's like so desperate for it to go well. And like the spin the bottle doesn't work. And she puts on her cheerleader costume and she goes to all these lanes. (laughs) And I mean... Ultimately, he does end up going out with her and like several other crazy things happen over the course of their brief relationship Mm -hmm. that but they all like they all follow this mode of like, okay, like this is this is pretty weird. I'm sort of weirded out here and I'm not really sure I'm ready for anything. But like, haha, okay. And like Josh doesn't really do that at all. Like he doesn't he doesn't have that response, you know, in in Friends. Rachel expects Joshua to think that she's being nuts and he does think she's being nuts and ends up forgiving her for it. But kind of more or less like Hmm. that's, that's sort of how it plays. It's like, well, yeah, you are kind of nuts, but okay, we can go on a date. Um, And then in this, you know, Rebecca expects Josh to think she's nuts and that's not his response at all. His response isn't like you're nuts, but I'll forgive you for it. It's more like, it's cool. We're friends. I'm going to support you. I'm going to help you make your party awesome. You know, like, I don't know. He's, it's just, again, like, oh, he's sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Well, I mean, I mean, that circles back around to the thing we were saying uh, near the start, which is that, you know, um, everyone in this show kind of feels like they're on equal footing. Um, you know, like, the, it's it's not like you have these, a couple, like, silly characters and then these people who are just like, look at these weirdos. I guess with the exception of, it seems like the neighbor is uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit uh, being set up to be sort of the voice of like, what the fuck is this West Covina place? But um, other than that. <laughs> well, she does live in West Covina, but no, I love that, that the neighbor, yeah. the neighbor is like, oh, wow, you're an abnormal psych paper. Like, just. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is actually a, a, a thing they did for a time on How I Met Your Mother, where Robin was dating uh, Cal Penn, and oh, yeah. it was ne- it was never funny because he he was just like you know just very dryly observing on like everyone's personality flaws, but he was never funny about it. But in this one episode, I've only seen one episode so far. I'm assuming the neighbor comes back because she's in the title sequence. She does uh, come back. The yeah. show, um, but in, in that in that one episode, it's like she got in several funny lines about yeah. you know everyone being crazy and they and actually also just... if you recall they actually also do that on friends where one of them dates an analyst at one point who like says nasty things about their co- their whole codependent right right thing. and then everyone turns against him first yeah. and then he says something nasty but yeah right right, right. yep yeah um but yeah again you know she actually has funny things to say and just just the visual joke too of her just mm-hmm. like of just like filming rebecca as her case study is very funny yep <laughs> yeah 
Um, so yeah, it sounds like we could just continue gushing about this endlessly, but we don't necessarily need to do that. I, I have I have just four more words, which is resting Maggie Smith face. Oh my god, I have that written in all caps <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> can we can we title the episode "Resting Maggie Smith Face"? I feel like <laughs> I, we certainly can. Okay, good. So, what, Eric, are we going to watch next time? Uh, next time, you are going to get a, uh, a lot of horrifying insight into my 12-year-old brain. We're going to be watching oh, a movie. That's, that's terrifying. Okay. This is a movie that is very near and dear to my heart. I also haven't seen it in several years, and I'm really worried it might suck now. But we're going <laughs> to watch it anyway because I was obsessed with it for a time. All right. Uh, we're going to be watching UHF, which is the Weird Al Yankovic movie intriguing okay (laughs) so uh that's what we'll be doing next time but until then emily where else can we find you on the internet i am on twitter at ej reports and i'm on twitter at hey hey esj this is giant geek versus make a noob signing off this has been giant geek versus mega noob for more visit gvnpodcast.com good morning sir See the sparkle of the concrete ground Hear the whoosh of the bustling town What a feeling of love in my gut I'm going faster than the middle school's music program was cut People dine at Shea Applebee And the sky seems to smile at me It's all new, but I have no fear And also by coincidence, Josh Just happens to be here